Stephen Byrne on 2FM. What's up, what's happening? It's time to recap everything that happened at the weekend and I'm sure many people might have missed the show. I'm not going to be angry at you. Yeah, there was a lot to celebrate this weekend with restrictions obviously being lifted. Uh, so I hope everybody had a great, safe time uh, and uh, yeah, you enjoyed it thoroughly. Get ready to enjoy this as well. So many things out at the moment and of course it is because the world is opening up that little bit more. But most specifically, Belfast out in cinemas this weekend. What a cast, what a story, what a director. Uh, semi-autobiographical tale by uh, Kenneth Branagh all about uh, his childhood growing up in Belfast uh, in the 60s with the, the backdrop of the Troubles. And it's just a beautiful film. It's going to be nominated for plenty of Oscars, just like it was the Golden Globes. And we got to catch up with quite a few people to talk about it. Kicking off with this, Judy Dench and Kenneth Branagh. Take a listen. Congratulations. Um, I cannot wait to see this again. Honestly, it was absolutely stunning, beautiful, gorgeous, um, heartbreaking in places. But then also at the same time, I left the cinema with so much joy. So I think job well done in that regard. Uh, Ken, for you, I mean, obviously, this is a deeply personal project. You've spoken about that in the past. But how long have you actually wanted to make this? What was the point where you went, I need to tell this story for myself? I think, well, that's exactly how I did feel about it. You've expressed it in exactly the right way, Stephen. And it was uh, at the beginning of this lockdown. Lots of people rang me and I rang lots of people uh, who seemed to need to reconnect in that period when we didn't know what was going to happen, whether the world would open up again. You really needed to confirm that you loved people and people loved you and uh, life was precious and you just didn't know whether our health or our future was going to guarantee anything so with the sense that time was really really precious um this lockdown sent me right back to the lockdown that i experienced as a nine-year-old and judy for you i mean you're family history as well ties back to this island uh, in so many ways too your mother with her fire red hair um did your, did your parents talk to you much about kind of that period of time? Because I know they met back in 1916, <coughs> which of course for this country was a very formative year. Yes, much. Yes, they often talked to me about it and they were very much aware. And although we weren't in Ireland, um, it was very present in our family. So I knew very much the background and had in fact an uncle much younger than me who lived in Belfast, who came over once to stay with us. And I thought, that that accent is so peculiar. I can remember thinking, <laughs> how, what is he saying to me? What's he saying? And he used to say, in the corner of my bedroom, there's a great big carton. Someone is behind it, and I don't know who. And I used to get him to put this child. He was, I don't, he was about as old as Jude Hill. I used to just get him to repeat this all the time. He must have hated to stay with us. <laughs> Well, that's obviously why you're so good at the accent, because you nailed the Dublin one with Philomena, and then, of course, with this too. Um, and for you guys, I mean, you know, not just the personal history there, but your own personal history, all the way back to Coriolanus and everything else in between. What is it about the relationship between you two that you just love coming back together again and, and working together? Uh, I think that uh, we, we were... Uh, at least in my view, we, we met sort of 37 years ago mm. and uh, I have such a clear image of Judy walking into, she, she doesn't remember this, but I remember very funksy, rather foxy, high suede <laughs> boots, a uh, little bit of a little bit of a floral top. I and like a, foxy, and, never yeah. floral. Well, <laughs> <laughs> never, <laughs> never floral, <laughs> Kenneth. Okay. Never. Well, never floral. Paisley, can I say Paisley? No. All right, okay. Well, I got the top wrong, Stephen, all right. But the boots, yes. Foxy boots. Foxy, definitely yes. foxy yes no floral no, no floral and then but and then uh 
I think I said to her, shouldn't you be wearing a floral top? She said, get out of my face. Um, <laughs> but, but we, and then we started rehearsing a very gloomy but brilliant play, Ibsen's Ghost, and we were both very serious about it and also mm. both very badly behaved about it and giggly. And so that that combination of, of knowing and trusting that your colleague is a hard worker who's serious about it, but also serious about having having fun was was something that seemed to, you know, bond things, at least from, from my point of view. She well, may have just been tolerating me. And I think you want to add that I seem to remember the director saying, Mr. Branner, Miss Dench, you may both leave the studio. Well, I so think... We were seriously in trouble. We were in I. trouble, yes. I'm surprised we've had a career. Yeah, in a way. I'd say you guys have gotten in a lot of trouble together. Um, mm. Obviously, there's a, a huge love letter to cinema in this too, which is so stunning. Um, for you, Kenneth, do you remember one of those movies that you watched when you were younger in the cinema as a kid and just were looking up gooey-eyed? Because I thought it was absolutely stunning just to see the colour within Judy's eyes as well yes, in, in yes. those glasses was just a moment of, of pure beauty. Well, it, Belfast for me, uh, both in this film in black and white and in its sort of monochrome shades was, was always a black and white city. But what really absolutely lit up my imagination was the colour and the size and the sound coming out of a cinema screen. It was the complete immersion. It was worlds of escape that we you could not begin to imagine away from that picture palace and uh, so it was it was a landscape of ideas and and experience as well because you didn't just watch and listen you really felt it so movies changed my life uh, color movies and and uh, for everything from the beatles films to to uh, chitty chitty bang bang leaning forward in our seats uh, and uh, appearing to fall out a very crude uh, inbuilt audience friendly special effect and finally, um, Judy, uh, Jamie has said that you don't go to the cinema. You've never been to the cinema and you turned your back on cinema years ago. Is that true? <laughs> no, I, I am passionate about the theatre. Um, but I, I was told, I went to see um, a, a film director who did a huge and great film and I've never ever given his name or what the film was. Um, but he interviewed me. I remember his office was in Piccadilly. I was at the Old Vic at the time. <clears throat> and he talked to me and he said, thank you very much for coming to see me. He said, I'm so sorry to have to tell you, but he said, you, you'll never make a films because you don't have the right face. What? So I, I put the chair back against the wall and ran joyfully back to the Ovic. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you didn't take that <clears throat> advice because we've been blessed with you for you know, so many years now in, in so many roles, and this is just one of them. Congratulations, guys. Like I said, I cannot wait to see this again because I know I'm just going to a happy place when I do. So congratulations. Uh, thank you, Stephen. I really thank appreciate you, that. Thank, thank you. you. Stick around because you'll hear from Jamie Dornan and Katrina Balfe in just a few minutes' time. But first, let's talk about this. Ollie Alexander has gone solo. Well, kind of. He's still years and years, but the rest of them have left the band, and now it's a solo project, and his first album as a solo artist but also as years and years on his own it's confusing is uh called night call it came out on friday we got to catch up with them talk all about it working with the likes of elton john working with kylie minogue and of course that show that he's going to be playing here for pride this year along with mother in the summer to kick that week off uh here's what he had to say all about it absolutely love this man i think some of the best news that everybody here in ireland has gotten over the last while is the fact that you're going to be playing pride next year and yeah colorbox 100, yes, 100%. The second it was announced online, I saw hope 
I just saw everybody absolutely going, oh my God, we finally have something we can look forward to. Um, Yes, and it's going to be such a good show. The lineup is shaping up. It's so good. I'm just so excited. I can't wait. Obviously, that tour is going to be very special because of everything we've been through over the last 18 months, per se. Um, What are you most looking forward to getting back on a stage and actually getting on the road again and doing events like that, which are 10 times even more meaningful than just a normal show? Oh. I mean, there's so many things about it that are just incredible. I'm so lucky that I get, do you know what I mean? Like having had this this kind of time to have a big break, it makes you just really miss how good being on the road and performing is. When people sing your songs back to you or they're singing the words of the songs that you, you made, it's like the best, best feeling ever. And just what's so good about a Pride show is I mean, the feeling of just everyone together, like that is the best thing about live music. And we've missed that so much. And um, Mm. you just can't beat it. It's such such a, it's such a electric feeling, you know. Such a sweet talker, man of my dreams. Tell me where are you, where are you now? For you as well. I mean, the last 12 months haven't been the most normal as well. I mean, everybody was locked down, but at the same time, everybody was locked down watching you. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's a Sin was absolutely incredible. And, uh, you know, it uh, did so much good um, and started so many conversations, not just within, I think, the LGBT community, but also amongst families and, and people who maybe hadn't discussed those things before. Um, yeah. How emotional was that journey for you? Not just obviously participating in, in the production, but the aftermath for you must have just been incredibly overwhelming. Yeah, it really was actually. I mean, making the show was like the day that we all did the read through before we started filming. I feel like everyone was crying, just just around, mm. sat around the table reading the script. Cause, um, and I would just, yeah, so, it was very emotional. I mean, it was amazing and like really fun at the same time, but it was, there were so a lot of tears. And then it was quite nuts when it came out. Cause I thought I had cried all the tears that I could cry, <laughs> <laughs> but I was wrong. That's what everybody <laughs> thought by episode five. They were like, I thought I'd already <laughs> cried at all. So true, so true. Oh gosh. Um, so, but I mean, Wow, I mean the, the conversations that I, I I've had even with my mm. family and with my friends about what happened in the eighties and and how it's how how we feel about it, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. has really just kind of been it's been profound and yeah, I'm still processing it. For It also led on to one of my favorite moments of the year, which was you and Elton John uh, ah! on that stage. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> of course, Elton obviously included as well within his album and and all that in between. What has that relationship been like over the last while? Did you guys know each other much before? And you know, this for you has been a year of working with your idols across the board. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Like, I had, <laughs> no, I hadn't met Elton John before. He had played. Um, my music he played years and years on his show um, mm. but I hadn't met him and he just called he actually called up everybody from the show from It's a Sin just to say how much he loved watching it and how 
wow. much it meant to him. And so, yeah, I just got a phone call out of the blue from Elton John one day and it was just so surreal. Pinch myself moment, like, oh my God, you're speaking to me on the phone. And then, and then- I feel like I can actually imagine what you'd be like in that situation from <laughs> seeing you with Rihanna on Graham Norton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really over the top. I'm chasing after midnight. And I mean, you had someone pretty good on your shoulder to do that, which is, of course, Kylie Minogue. I mean, <laughs> not uh, once, but twice as well. So uh, for that, no. is that just a, a, a I guess, a blossoming friendship that has just come from somewhere <laughs> that you just wanted it to and it just happened? But, um, the the drag performance, everything. It. Yeah, you obviously manifested. I can't, I can't imagine it any it's other way. Just, but oh, I feel so lucky to say that I know her. Like, she's just because I we supported her way back in 2015 mm. so we sort yeah. of had a little interaction then and then a couple of years later I sung with her in her Christmas show at the Royal Albert Hall which was amazing and um I've seen her at various points over the kind of past five six years but I've not properly properly worked with her so yeah I just she's she's really up for anything she's such a pro but she's so funny and down to earth and genuine. Like she's everything you'd want her to be and more. Like I can't rave enough about her. And I, yeah, I just feel like the luckiest gay alive. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh, I, yeah, you I know. Are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like I said, congratulations. I've absolutely loved the records and um, can't wait to dive into it more. But most importantly, I can't wait to dive into it live on a stage when we see you here in Dublin to yes. celebrate this all being over. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and finally, I love this man too. <laughs> and there's a woman, Jamie Dornan and Katrina Balfe, two of the most beautiful people in the entire world. Uh, we got to talk to them all about Belfast, where they play Ma and Pa, the parents of uh, the child who is growing up uh, amongst the backdrop of the Troubles in uh, Northern Ireland back in 1969. Semi-autobiographical tale, like I said, based around the life of Kenneth Branagh, which he wrote and directed himself. These guys were absolutely just absolute sweethearts they were absolutely lovely so go and see it like i said it's going to be nominated for plenty of oscars and it's just full of joy heartbreaking in places but at the same time you will leave the cinema with a massive smile on your face hi Steven. guys hello congratulations on this um heartbreaking in places but absolutely and utterly just full of joy i left it just feeling just so warm so job well done and i can't wait to see it again um for you guys what were the early moments where you really i guess solidified that family bond because it just feels so real even just walking in into the house i don't see judy dench i see my own grandmother there yeah yeah i mean well, ken did yeah. this incredible thing where i think our first day he had Jamie, Kieran, Judy and myself sit in a room and just talk about our childhoods, talk about our parents and talk about our grandparents. And I think that that very quickly for the four of us, you know, gave us such an intimate look into each other's lives and, and solidified this like very strong bond very quickly. Um, and I think, yeah, from the minute then we started doing scenes that just was amplified. Major, and obviously, you know, we're getting this now. It's seen the light of day over in America. What was the reaction on 
the shores over there because obviously there's a new generation even in Ireland who probably don't even know so much about what has you know what happened here all those years ago but even further afield how did you find those audiences reacting to it and I guess coming upon a story that is universal in so many ways as well yeah, well, that was the thing, mate. It was like people responding to it as if it was their story. You know, we're telling what we think is a very insular story from a tiny section of a tiny island, right, that yeah. people have not that much knowledge of or, or, you know, not as much as they think they know. And for it to resonate the way it has with so many different audiences and from when we first showed it at Telluride in September, having people coming up from everywhere from Nigeria to Haiti to everywhere in between saying that that's their story. I mean, it, that's mental, like that doesn't happen, you know, <laughs> but uh, it is obviously, there's a universality to the story and to everyone's from a family, you know, we've all mm -hmm. come from, you know, everyone's family's <laughs> unique, let's say. Yeah. And, um, so we all there's trauma everywhere, it, <laughs> trauma everywhere. But we all have, we all recognize what it is to make big decisions as a family. And we all understand, sadly, what division is within the community for the most part. So they're global themes. Um, so for it to resonate the way it has in the States and North America has been, been incredible. And, you know, it's so exciting now that we're getting to take it closer to home, you know, and, mm -hmm. and hopefully, uh, hopefully people like it there too. <laughs> Did you anticipate as well that, you know, getting involved in a project like this, that on the other side of it, you'd have yobs like me asking all the time, what, what's your affiliation? You grew up there. What's this? What was your life like? Is that getting annoying at this stage or is it a little bit like, okay? No, I mean, look, it's amazing that we still get to talk about this film, you know, that it, yeah. that it found an audience and it sort of resonated with people. We genuinely had such a great time filming it. Mm -hmm. It came at such a perfect moment, you know, sandwiched between two lockdowns. And, you know, it, it almost feels like a cheat that we get to sort of take it on this longer journey. And, uh, you know, it's fine. I, I think answering those <laughs> questions is, is, is quite nice, actually. Um, when it comes to it as well, obviously, you know, I feel I can feel this whole country so excited for it. You know, the second that I mentioned to anyone that I was talking to, they know about the movie, they know um, you know, that it's coming out and and there is that excitement. Bringing it home in that aspect as well, um, for you guys, you know, in this movie you say, you know, Irish people go abroad, they go everywhere. Do you feel like you carry that Irishness with you everywhere you go, you know, throughout, you know, all your roles and, and, and every job you do and every room you're in? Well, it's very important to me personally and I, mm. I, I take great pride in telling people I'm Irish if they haven't worked it out from the way I sign. <laughs> Um, I've also, you know, spent 20 years away from Ireland and traveling around a lot mm. in that time and telling people I'm from Belfast and, and seeing all kinds of different responses. And often people are sort of amazed that you got out alive or, you know, the, the very warped idea of that place and those people. Um, so if you can help change the narrative or help people understand uh, what it meant for just hard work and normal families at that time, then that's a that's a good thing. And um, Jesus, we spread ourselves across the world and it's brilliant. And I think that's also also a part that bleeds into the, uh, the, the, the how this film's resonated with people because we're everywhere. <laughs> you know, we really are. <laughs> we're everywhere. It's, we're in every corner of the world. And, it's, and, I, and I, I love that. And, you know, um, a lot of people, people, people are fascinated with Ireland. They are. Mm -hmm. They're really, there's a general intrigued by the place and the culture and the people and 
So um, anything that you can like feed into to people is, is, is only a good thing. And uh, yeah. Uh, congratulations, guys. Uh, but I have to say, unfortunately, Jude stole the show. So congratulations <laughs> to him. <laughs> we're, we're well we're not, aware we of that. We're, we're not complaining. Of. No, we're well aware of that. Yep. Job well done. And good luck with the release and the next couple of weeks as well. I'm sure it's just going to get bigger and better. So thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you Madame. so much. Thank you. Mike Chick. One, two. Stephen Byrne on 2FM. The sound of a nation.